1: Good morning. It is Wednesday, May 1st, 2019. You're listening to the Red Sea Roundup. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Deacon Mike Bobay. Today, in our second part, we're going to be talking with Carolyn Martinez, the coordinator of catechesis for the Diocese of Austin. I can't talk this morning about the importance of sacramental preparation. But as always, as we begin, I want to welcome all our listeners here on KEDC 88.5 FM, Hearn Bryan College Station, and also a welcome to our Central Texas listeners on KYAR 98.3 FM, Lorena, Waco, and in addition to our listeners in Palestine on KINF 107.9 FM. There's lots of interesting things going on, as always. Um... The first thing I want to talk about is remind everyone if you have not yet had a chance to listen to the interview with our bishop, Bishop Joe Vasquez, uh, it will be airing, airing at least in the um, waco Lorena area and the Bryan College Station area at noon today. So uh, take advantage of that. And um, it was really wonderful, of the bishop, to do that, and uh, I think it's— ex- extremely informative for all of us to every once in a while hear what our bishop is thinking.
2: It was very nice. It was a great interview. If you haven't heard it yet, there's been a couple of days under our belt. We've got four more days to go, Wednesday through Saturday. Good morning, Deacon Mike.
1: Good morning, Dennis, and good morning, Thaddeus. How are you? Good morning, Deacon Mike. How are you? I sense the enthusiasm. Somebody had his coffee this morning. Exactly. Oh, I think he's probably still flying high from the benefit dinner in Waco. Well, you know, actually what
0: I did this morning was I danced around the Maypole a few times.
1: Hey, May 1st. (laughs) May Day. And also the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. Yes,
0: indeed he do. It was instituted by Pope Pius XII in 1955 as a counterbalance to... International Working Man's Day, which had been established by the communist and socialist parties throughout the 19th and early 20th centuries.
1: As a reminder that the Catholic Church has always honored workers. Yes, indeed. It's in its social teaching, which was
0: first articulated by Pope Leo XIII in his encyclical Rerum Novarum, the close of the 19th century and from there forward. So yeah, it's an important feast day.
1: Yes, and uh, Barum Novarum is one of my favorite encyclicals. It is absolutely wonderful.
0: Yes, it is. And uh, it's also my son's name day today. So happy name day to Michael Joseph.
1: Well, um, since I have both of you all here, uh, and I was not able to go to the benefit dinner in Waco.
0: Your presence was, your absence was noted, and uh, I just want to make sure that the listeners
1: know that. (laughs) I culpa may culpa mea, culpa, no. mea maxima culpa.
2: you're very good in supporting us uh and coming here to each of our benefit dinners of course so uh it was it was a great benefit dinner deacon mike uh went very smoothly had a great time had a baseball theme we knocked it out of the park i would be glad to say so and talking about who knocked it out of the park i've heard nothing but rave reviews about tom peterson's presentation everyone was just Stating. A grand slam. Yeah, I would. I would say out of the park grand slam, maybe even. So yeah, it was. It was awesome, and there are quite a few church groups around the Waco area that are trying to contact him already about bringing him in to speak to their church groups. Wow, so that's great. It, it went so well, and he was very inspirational. Our our MC Dina Dwyer Owens was incredible. Just a tremendous. She was support. throwing
0: strikes all night long.
2: Yeah, she was the pitcher. I guess. Yeah there's another baseball reference so
1: yes uh, <laughs> trying to see how many of you all can fit into this advertisement
2: <laughs> it went very well though yeah we were very happy to have over uh p- p- probably close to 220 230 people there mm-hmm. um, lots to drink lots to eat just great fellowship the the whole night clicked and went like clockwork it was it was a really enjoyable evening and I've run into people since uh I presented yesterday to the convention of the Austin Diocese Council of Catholic women and several of them were there and they just raved on and on about how wonderful the benefit was and how much fun they had and um, I think I also had someone mention to me that a lot of benefit dinners oftentimes will drag and that the, the 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 whole evening just seems to just kind of drone on. Our benefit dinners seem to just be so exciting and peppy and fun and everyone's so excited to come. So if you missed it this year, Stay tuned for it to, to to come this same time next year in the Waco area. So it and, was it was a lot of fun. And
1: of course, the one here in Bryan College Station is coming up this fall. So make plans to be there for it. Yeah, we, yeah we'll have a we'll have a
0: save the date here pretty soon. Well, we can save the date right now because it's November seventh. We've got it locked in. You want to go ahead and announce it right now? No, we're going we're to do this. I'd,
2: I'd like to keep back actually. No, I'm just kidding. Because yeah, because I just said it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're we're going to have to delete this entire show from everything because we've given away the date. No, it's Forget November seventh. So.
0: Yeah, so so locally here, November seventh. November seventh, Bryan College Station, KEDC benefit.
2: Yeah, right. so we're November seventh. It's a lot of fun. It's a great time to get our our listeners together to fellowship. To talk about how wonderful the station is and how it's impacted their lives,
0: but we are going to hold back for a little bit longer on the, the speaker. Yeah, kind of keep that a surprise. We got to dot the t, dot the i and cross the t on that one. Yeah,
1: not any of that. It's called a tease. You make yeah. sure that you get people excited about the potential of what they might be hearing.
2: He's amazing. I've heard nothing but great oh, reviews. Well, we've we've given oh, that away now. We it's know it's a, a, a he. he. okay Deacon Mike what are you going to do with the two of us so it was great to sum it up uh, if you weren't able to come you missed out and uh, but it was a lot of fun thanks be to God for all the people that came and supported uh, such a great cause there in Red Sea Catholic Radio in Waco
1: which provides a perfect opportunity to remind everyone that this radio station is your radio station be it in Waco be it in Palestine be it here in Bryan College Station Uh, your support is vital but not just vital your support is what drives the programming Mm -hmm. your support is what energizes what we do and uh so would not
0: be possible without your support exactly absolute truth
2: that's indeed or indeedy do isn't that what the quote is for the day that's what you said earlier Thaddeus
0: in do I, I said that the quote of the day was yes no, in do I'm quoting you cuz oh. you
2: said in do I think oh i'm going to have to find two meat buttons or yes in D or something
0: like that yeah that's possible it's it's entirely <laughs> possible that i did that i did say that
1: All right, moving right along, speaking of support. (laughs) You're going to have to move it along because we're certainly dragging it down. Uh, uh, Speaking of support, uh, since today is the Feast of St. Joseph, the worker, that's also a reminder that our local parish here in Bryan, St. Joseph, is going to have their parish festival this Sunday, May 5th. So if you're a member of the parish and you have not yet volunteered to help, here's your last chance to go and uh, help out. But also, uh, everyone in the area here, uh, don't forget um, to go ahead and um, join them out there at the St. Anthony Pavilion this Sunday as they celebrate their parish festival.
2: And come see the Red Sea Catholic Radio table, and we're broadcasting from 11 to 12. So if you want to be interviewed on the air about what an incredible festival it is, we would love for you to come by and talk to us.
0: Yeah, and I was I was told that... Um The St. Joseph Parish Festival is famous for its Country Creations Station. I was told to let people know about that and to come check out the Country Creations Station. And also, they're going to have another installment of the ever-popular Heads or Tails game. Ah. So make sure you be out there for that. We don't know when it's actually happening in the schedule, so best to get out there at 11 a.m. and just be there so you can participate in the Heads or Tails game.
1: There you go. If you needed one more in, uh, inducement to go out there, there it is. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, but also, um, I want to remind everyone as a heads up that two weeks afterwards, St. Anthony's and Brian is having their church festival also out at the St. Anthony Pavilion and um uh, If you're a member of St. Anthony's, and especially if you're in charge of one of the booths or activities, make sure to come to the meeting Thursday at 6, which will be the last preparation meeting for everyone involved before we get started.
2: And Stephanie Lee will be out at the Parish Festival for St. Mary's in Waco on that same day, May 19th. So, Look for Stephanie at that table and get some great information about Red Sea Catholic Radio there and pick up a bumper magnet from
0: her as well. And she loves to hear from the listeners in the Waco area. Come up and say hello to her. Um, She really likes to hear from people, likes to hear what what your favorite shows are, what Red Sea Radio does for you, means to you. So go out and see her.
1: And again, a reminder that if there's something going on in your parish, or if you want to tell people about something going on in the Catholic world around you, feel free to give us a call because we are live at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA, 855-683-7332, and we always look forward to hearing from someone because we can't keep up of everything going on out there. And so we rely on uh, our listeners to keep us informed of what's happening in the world around us and especially in our uh, parishes. One thing that I wanted to talk about this morning that came to mind um, a while back, um, there was an article published about a mother who wrote a letter to the student paper at the University of Notre Dame regarding the wearing of leggings And uh, it was a very nice letter, very polite letter, not telling people what they should or shouldn't do, just saying that they were a distraction at Mass, and especially since she was a mother of four sons, that she could see where this would be a distraction for them at at Mass. And what was amazing to me is the response uh, at a Catholic university where there was an uproar that someone had the audacity to talk about modesty and... um, What was shocking to me is apparently we have lost sight of what the word modesty means. Modesty is ultimately just self-respect. It is us not drawing attention to ourselves because we are created in the image and likeness of God and we don't need the extra attention brought on by what we wear, how we look. That's not to say we can't dress nicely. That's not to say we can't wear makeup or earrings or whatever. But the thing is, the goal is not to draw attention to ourselves. And yet, the word attractive means exactly that. We make ourselves attractive to attract attention. So, modesty is the exact opposite of that. And so, especially in certain situations, modesty is called for, that we try not to attract attention to ourselves, because especially during Mass, the attention should be oriented towards the altar, towards the Word of God and towards the Eucharist. So I was so shocked by the response of the people to the letter. But the thought I had is someone was saying that, you know, the her sons should not pay attention to what's around them and uh, they should be held responsible for paying attention to the mass and ignore everything going on around them. And the thought I had was imagine someone bringing a bag of McDonald's French fries (laughs) to mass. Now, you're not going to reach over and eat someone's French fries. You're not going to worry about whether or not you're those people are eating the french fries but you're never going to be able to ignore the smell of the french fries at mass right so saying that well the people should be ignoring the odor of the french fries and pay attention to themselves is not a reasonable statement yeah we're going to be affected by that because we are affected by the things that we take in by our census The same thing holds for our eyesight. We see things and we are distracted by them. And so whatever we can do to help others from being distracted should be what we try to do, especially at Mass. And so, again, Christianity tells us that we should, above all, love our neighbor. And also, according to St. Paul in the letter to the Philippians, always think of others as more important than ourselves. And I think the conversation on modesty should always start there. Are we thinking of ourselves, or are we thinking of the benefit to others? And if we're not thinking of the benefit of others, no matter what we're wearing, we're not being modest. And so, if we cannot discuss modesty in a Catholic university, if we can not bring up the fact that perhaps we should be considerate of those around us, even if it's a burden on ourselves, even if it's calling us to do something different, then we have a problem
0: in the Catholic Church. Question for you, Deacon Mike. Do you think that this stems from, I'm asking you to speculate here, that most of the student body, either in their grammar school, high school education, maybe even at Notre Dame, have not been, had the virtues inculcated in them. They haven't been given a course in virtue education. And that's why they react in the the way that they do to this proposal. Do you think that's part of it? I think
1: that's certainly a justifiable statement because we have not emphasized virtues in our education for a long time. And uh, so part of the problem is it is a topic that's alien to young people, not that they don't, by nature, have an understanding of the concepts, but they have never been educated how to put them into practice. And again, according to um, St. Thomas Aquinas, the virtues are basically good habits, things that we do over and over again that make us better people. And so if we don't know what it is we should be working at, then we have an issue.
2: And I think that the uh, domestic church is also a place, the family, is a place where that virtue of modesty needs to be preached and taught. And I I have three teenage girls at home, and I have a saying. Uh, not that they really want leggings uh, at all, because we've taught them about that, but if they have a pair of pants that are not quite loose enough, I'd say leggings are not pants. <laughs> That's my saying. So yeah, they, they are not meant to be pants and so nor should they be pants at all, um, specifically at church, um, because it's that requires an extra extra dosage of modesty. But yeah, I think that needs to be taught in the domestic church, uh, first and foremost, supplemented possibly as, as Thaddeus was mentioning. Mm. In education
1: but I think uh, what we need to remember is no one wants to be fashion police and this is not what this is about uh, I have no idea what style is uh, my wife will tell you this but the important thing is there are things that are appropriate in one place that are not appropriate in another I can wear and ex- uh, have someone wear an extremely modest bathing suit on the beach that stops being modest when you wear it to the grocery store. <laughs> modesty is in part situational, and so we need to remember what is appropriate in some places is certainly not appropriate in others. And so again, I think it's just a conversation worth having. That, uh, as Catholics, how do we present ourselves, and is it appropriate to talk about modesty? That uh, We don't lose sight of those virtues that we should all strive to practice every day to become better at them.
2: All right. So uh, if you are uh, listening to this on podcast, we had a small pause there because we had an entire uh, blip from our Internet connection.
1: And we're going to take a break
2: here from Red Sea Catholic Radio until we can get this situation resolved.
1: All right, we'll take our short break, and when we come back, we'll be talking to Carolyn Martinez, the coordinator of catechesis for the Diocese of Austin. We'll see you on the other side. We're on the air. Absolutely wonderful. So uh, this is not our usual segue into the show, so I apologize for the drop-off there. Uh, We had some technical issues here in the station, but our crack team of technicians got it right back up and uh, pulled a few gray hair out of it. But we're talking with Carolyn Martinez, the coordinator of catechesis for the Diocese of Austin. So, Carolyn, how'd you get into this job?
3: Well, actually, um, I've been with the diocese for actually 10 years this past February. Um, I actually came on as um, part of the uh, pro-life office back in 2009. And I began there, I was there for about six months, and then the opportunity came up to move over, at that time it was called the Office of Religious Education and Formation, and I went ahead and the. An a position was proposed to me, and I felt that it was a better fit from my experience, especially with that of um, of at the church. So I went ahead and took that position, and I've been in this department ever since. So I'm very, truly, truly blessed to be able to be a part of the Office of Evangelization and Catechesis um, is what we are today. And we actually have five persons in our office. Um, we have Yolanda Sanchez, who is the administrative assistant for our office, and Juliana Rueda, who is our coordinator for evangelization and outreach. And then we have a new um, associate director of Catechesis Information, who is Mary Ray Stein, and our office director is Gustavo Rodriguez. And so I am blessed to work with a wonderful group of people who are here to serve the faithful of the Diocese of Austin.
1: Sounds wonderful. Now, um, we don't have quite as much time as we had anticipated due to our technical issues, but the reason I asked... uh, you to come on the show is if people have noticed in their parish right now, we have all kinds of things going on. Um, most of the parishes have their first communion this time of year. And we also have several confirmations scheduled. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the diocese role in sacramental preparation and why the diocese has requirements for things that the parishes should do leading up to these sacraments. So, um, could you tell us a little bit about uh, why do we even have, you know, certain standards that we expect uh, people to uh, uh, prepare kids to before they receive their sacraments?
3: Sure. So, absolutely. Right now, we are in full mode of, of um children and teens, adults, receiving sacraments. We just had the Easter Vigil, which we welcomed. Um, many new Catholics were fully initiated into the church, and right now there's First Communions that have already taken place and First Communions who are scheduled to be taken place. Um, and there's also the Confirmations, as you well mentioned. There are standards that all the parishes should be um should be following as far as like the example of first communion we we recommend that the children start in first grade and they make their first communion in second grade this gives them the opportunity to start their formation process hopefully they've are they've had the opportunity to start you know whether it's in pre-K or kindergarten and continue forward but they're they would receive their First Communion and the Penance in the second grade. Um, One of the questions that we have sometimes is the role of a sponsor in First Communion. Well, first communion does not require a sponsor um, that is more of a, a custom a tradition especially from those families like in from that uh, tradition from Mexico in some parishes um, a sponsor is is, is allowed and in some um, it's preferred not to but that's really at the discretion of the of the pastor um, there's certain guidelines that everyone should follow we have a, a intensive religious education curriculum that our parish cate- catechetical leaders follow or sometimes better known as directors of religious education or the coordinators for an elementary level those That curriculum is followed from um, for all the the grade levels of like elementary as well as middle school, and then we have the guidelines for the high school students as well. we work very closely, I work very closely with uh, all those directors of religious education in order to be able to give them the resources that they may need, especially when it comes to sacramental preparation and any questions they may have, regardless of whether they contact myself or, or the associate director or, or, or Gustavo Rodriguez, who, like I said earlier, is, is the office director helping them to be able to form a proper program using yeah. several, we have several publishers. Um, each each of the programs should be using product that is from the approved textbook list that has met the conformative review of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Um, so the standards are there so that All the faithful are receiving the proper formation that they need. First Communion is a wonderful opportunity not only for the child that's in the second grade, but also the opportunity for the family to participate as well in the formation of their child. So many parishes are offering uh, opportunities for family retreats for First Communion or retreats as far as prepare, when they're pre- being prepared for penance, inviting parents to come in and sit in on classes. And occasionally, parents may feel a little bit uncomfortable with that, but a lot of the times it may just be out of the fear of maybe they don't feel that they have enough knowledge to be in the classroom. But again, it's about everyone coming together to receive the proper formation and to grow as a family and then to ultimately grow uh, as a community. Um, Confirmation. Confirmation is is actually um, there are guidelines for confirmation we have two years of religious education should precede the sacramental preparation of those high schoolers that are preparing for confirmation generally in our our diocese it's between the ages of 14 and 16 and keeping in mind especially that confirmation is not graduation many times we have this mentality that once our child has been baptized and then they've gone through the process and have received first communion and then they've made it to high school and they've received confirmation that they're done on the contrary Confirmation is a sacrament of initiation, which means it is the beginning. It is their opportunity to continue in the church, to be able to join the different ministries. And to add to that, parishes should have a four-year high school program so that these students who are between the ages of 14 and 16, depending on what, which um which age group the confirmation actually takes place at the parish that their formation can continue forward it shouldn't come to an end the same thing goes for adults we as adults we never finish learning we never graduate we continue to learn our office continues to uh provide adult formation, whether it's here at the Pastoral Center. We have several parishes that are host sites to several of our formation classes, and we welcome anyone. Those classes are available for Catholic school teachers and parish catechetical leaders, coordinators, youth ministers, and the laity, who, whomever would just like to come and learn more about their faith. So those classes are available to, to everyone. I don't, I don't know how much time we have, Deacon. So we
1: still uh, have uh, six and a half minutes uh, programming, so we're uh, still okay. Now, okay. one of the things that I was going to ask you is uh, you had mentioned that parents often feel inadequate in, you know, helping with the preparation for the sacraments yes. and the religious education but why would you say it's important for the parents not to be discouraged and to participate in the formation of their children?
3: Basically because we're all learning together. We're all a part. We're all taking part in the formation process. The catechists who are in the classroom, like I said, they they also come to formation classes, what we call certification classes, and the parent being in there offers that genuine support, sets the example for their child. Their child actually sees that their mother, their father, um, their aunt, uncle, grandma, whoever is able to be a part with them in the classroom, they acknowledge that that support is there and that is so important. They acknowledge that their mother and father is there to guide them, to be with them. It should not be a journey that the child does by themselves. One of the issues that we have seen is that the child is sometimes brought to first communion when they make it in second grade, and that first communion, unfortunately, on occasion turns out to be their last communion until high school confirmation, and that's not right. And so the formation process not only helps the child, but it helps the parents also to become more comfortable, become more involved, and be that participant in Mass every Sunday. These children have been given a beautiful gift of now being able to receive the Eucharist at every Mass that they attend. And when the parents are involved and they see the child receiving that first Eucharist—it is a blessing, and we want to make sure that all the families have the opportunity to come together, and for the community as well to welcome to welcome them and to be to include them into into the community. The same goes for confirmation and the Easter Vigil, which we just had. Everyone who, all the parishioners, the entire community who is there, who are witnesses to those who are being fully initiated into the Catholic faith, they are there to welcome them. What a beautiful opportunity that is to be able to see that they have all the support of the entire community that has come to come together to be there with them. Um, we also have another situation, another scenario that sometimes children are baptized as infants, but for no fault of the parent, they've, they've never made it back to first grade or second grade. And so they did not receive their first communion in the second grade. But then the Holy Spirit is calling them to bring back their children, and they bring the children to the church to receive First Communion. And because they have already reached the age of reason, which is seven, at this time they will be formed for a minimum of two years. And in some instances it may take a little bit more for the child But that child would be receiving Confirmation and Eucharist combined. Now, we do get a lot of questions. Well, if they're receiving both of those sacraments, are they not supposed to come back to classes? No. On the contrary, they should be coming back to classes because they will be able to learn as much as their capacity allows them to learn. However, coming back to additional classes thereafter allows them to continue to be formed, so we want them to come back and they should come back and they should continue to be part of the parish community, the parish life so there are there are different scenarios and again out of no fault to anyone as parish catechetical leaders as the coordinators for the different programs, whether it's elementary or a middle school program or a high school program or an adult program. The people in the parish are there to serve, to serve the diocese.
1: um, We're nearing the end of the show, and I want to thank you very much for coming on, and I think it was very helpful for people to hear the connection between the religious education and the sacramental preparation that you don't do one without the other, because it's a continuous formation for all of us, including adults. Right. And uh, again, uh, thank you for being on. I'm sorry about the glitches in our show. So... uh, I want to thank you. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And next week, Gene Wilhelm will be your host for the Red Sea Roundup. Remember to tune in for that. Until then, when considering the many ways which you might share your time, talent, and treasure with the people of God,